Hi folks, and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. A little bit of housekeeping before we kick off. A couple of announcements. We are live this Thursday on the 20th of July in the Sugar Club. There are limited tickets still available, and the link for those tickets are in this podcast right now at the bottom, I think. It says eventbrite.ie. Click the link, come along. We'll be joined on the night by the HSC whistleblower Shane Corr is going to make an appearance, as well as the Roman and Owen from the Ditch, and our friends are coming down from the attic. Uh, Sam McElwain will be coming down, and Emma D'Souza, so it's going to be a packed night with lots of conversations we want to hear from you I will be the roaming reporter in the audience for the Q&A so we want to hear from you let's have a great night and come along and I hope to see lots and lots of you there I also want you to join us it's patreon.com forward slash tortoise it's the price of a fancy cup of coffee and a scone to you and it is mics on and conversations like the one you're about to hear happening right now as I say all the time, it's not a one-way street. You get a ton of additional content for your couple of quid, including podcasts we did this week with Mr. Ireland Thinks himself, Kevin Cunningham, and Sock Dems leader Holly Cairns is due to join us in the next few hours. All of those will be available immediately or as quickly as I can turn them around on the Patreon feed. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Please join us. I'm going to stop rabbiting on. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber Podcast. My name is Tony Groves and Martin, I know we dragged you away from the PAC hearings. You are absolutely gone full time in Oroctus TV and it's great to see, to get you. No, I know. And that's the problem that you are enjoying it. Like, I mean... (laughs) You're watching. You're, you're like you're like a kid waking up, find out his, his his team have made the Champions League final at the moment. You know, I'm just dying to watch it. But it's it's kind of pathetic, pal. I have to be square. I have to be honest with you. Um, look, we have we've been wanting to have a conversation, uh, and now is the right time to do it with two um, of regular voices on the Tortoise Shack and two people you'd be very familiar with if you've been listening to us for any any amount of time. Uh, one is the the co-host of Shrapnel and our loyalist friend, um, Sam McElwain. Sam, how are you keeping? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm tired at the moment. I've got a lot of walking the last couple of days, as you can imagine. And uh, a lot of walking, and I can see the drum in the background. So, congratulations on 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 yet again another successful if year you, of banging the same drum. Pseudoquim across the the forehead. There, it takes the 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 strap of the bowler off your head. You know, if you it's a little now, bit now, now, it's, now. It's, it's getting the sash marks off my shoulders. The issue. No, no. Uh, uh, what was? But um, and we're also joined by activists, human rights activists, and and another someone else who's contributed to Tortoise Shack over the last number of years. Shauna Grant, Shauna, how are you keeping? And thanks for your time. Good, good to be on. Good to chat to you guys. Listen, it is. It's a nice environment, I think, to have this conversation amongst people who we've all had convers. We've all spoken before around what are called contentious issues. But Shauna, do you mind if I come to you first around? Um, the events of the last few days. Yet again, we see the the the, the build up to the twelfth and the commemorations that take place. And how do you reconcile? Because I know you've you've tweeted regularly about some of the things, but how do you reconcile some of the the complete opposites of what we're told? Sometimes are. Uh, cultural issues and others that are described as a hate fest. And I'm sorry to be so blunt at the beginning, but that's the truth that there's, there's these complete polar opposites. One is culturally significant and the other one is a hate fest. Well, I think I've tweeted often before about the awful dichotomy that you have when you're born up here. And Sam will agree with me that I think that you try to be the person that you want to be, but a lot of the time being from here, you're, even if you don't want to, these things ache into your head and you react and analyze things through a prism of um, kind of inherited sectarianism. Even if you don't want to be like that or have that, it, it is sort of like a lens that everything is filtered through. 
And also then you also, but a lot of the time that's from your environment, but then also you'll have your lived experiences and uh, layered on top of that, even if they are um, isolated and not representative of a whole community, which they're, they're all mostly not. It's hard to disengage that from what uh, you know is the bigger picture. And so for me, the 12th would always be 1994, trapped in our state, um, where they uh, there was widespread loot and it was absolutely terrifying and I've never seen anything like it. Now that was, I rec- I know loads of the leaders. Um, in fact, they were like prof- the professional and that some of them had two shirts, one for going down and one for not being spotted by the cops when they were coming back up with the stuff. Like, I mean, it was, but it was very frightening. There was two burnt out lorries hijacked every car. I know anybody that tried to leave the estate was hijacked. Um, and then they burnt the brew down or, the Dole office I um, down, I was at the bottom of our estate, was, uh, to be honest, a very handy place to live. But uh, it was uh, kind of raised to the ground. But again, that was not, that was that was all kind of our own people, if you know what I mean. I, I can't, you can, the, the, the hysteria, I hate that word as a woman, but the, uh, you know, the... <clears throat> The anger and the boiling over of that was in the, uh, and, and the aftermath of the Drum Cree, which I note this year that they did try to reignite. And there's just no appetism, appetite from anybody, unionist, loyalist, um, nationalist, Republican, whatever, neither to bring any of that up to boil. And it, I actually am heartened by that, to be honest, I'm really heartened to see that. Um, so my view of the 12th, well, that was very, very frightening as a child. I think I was about 12, 13 at the time. And uh That'll always be my um, view of the twelfth. If you know what it, I mean. And it always, but that's the memory when 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 we it, say it. that's that's where you're all fair. of a sudden you're 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 a teenager at best again, and you're in that and you're in that scenario, you're in that scene, um, and then just when you when when you do go back to that place, and then you you see the, the discussions. You said you were heartened by the idea that that, that Drum Cree didn't. Um, gain any traction this year? Can I ask you? Did you do you gain any um, any sort of hope in the idea that we we may you know some of this? There is talk that you know the bonfires are smaller, the uh, the, the 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 toxicity of them is is lessened. And I this is you know this isn't this is people who who have been reading and and people who went out on the night yet again who do it year after year. Journalists go out and do the coverage, and they're and they're thinking. You know, maybe maybe it is lessened, and maybe maybe we're get, we're slowly uh, seeing seeing this. Uh, I'm not going to say watered down, but but certainly some of the toxicity has is 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 lessened. Am, am I am I just being too wide eyed optimistic? I think we need to layer that over. Uh, yeah, I agree. That's that's true, but I don't feel that hopeful in in terms of what I see on coming from the future because we have to start. So that's I layered that with my initial reaction is and it's definitely what informed my initial kickback against um I can't remember which green TD was that suggested extending the twelfth. Uh, Patrick Costello uh, suggested we make it a national holiday uh, in advance of any idea around the border poll. Yeah, and I did have kind of a visceral reaction to that, and then I kind of thought about it for a while afterwards, and I thought, you know, like that's not who I want to be, but um. I'm from in around Newry where we have a growing problem with Sora and uh in and the infiltration into young young, particularly young men in areas that have deprivation. And 
I am frightened and I've seen, I know that there's great community work being done, but there's not that, there's only so much that the voluntary and community sector can do to mitigate against the tidal wave of deprivation that is coming and keeps coming. And I don't see an awful lot of inward like investment, hope, promise being delivered to communities where this is the most, these, these, um, hate incidents keep happening uh, and I am going to, I don't, I think we can talk about things in isolation in terms of uh, the 12th of July and things but I do think that we can layer it over increasing tensions and paramilitarism in nationalist areas too and I think it's the same, it's the two expressions of the same symptom, two symptoms of the same cause and I've seen myself, I mean trying to be doing any sort of healthcare activism um, in this area, it, I have been, I've had really difficult times where I've had people insisting that they get involved um, because it cleanses their other and nefarious activities if they can be seen to be involved in pushing for healthcare, which everybody you know wants to be you know it's, it's a good clean cause and it's really um i can i so in terms of i am heartened to see the drum creek couldn't be reignited though i do think that's an older issue and i do think the problems with the bonfires are with younger people and drum creek's not gonna like I'm not a young person anymore. And so it's not going to be, I don't think drum cree would ring many bells or drums yes. with many of the younger people. Can, who are in- can I ask you, Sam, and you'd agree, you'd agree that this wave of devastation that's there, this, this undermining of the poorest communities through all of this, you'd agree with all of that, but you'd have a different viewpoint on 12th, on Bonfire Night. What is your viewpoint? We, we see these things, as Sean alluded to, we see these from the prism of our lived experience. So, so the 12th to me was a almost a festival. It was a community gathering. We, we went out, we met up with friends, we had a parade. Some of the, the, the spectacles that people seen, the, the pageantry, it, it all spoke well. Now, I've also seen it from the other side, and I've seen how the it feels and and again, I'm like, Sean, you try and take on both sides of this to be the person you want to be and not the person that you're sort of labelled with. But it's kind of hard sometimes, I mean, even defending, as you say, my own side. When you when you look at figures, I mean, there's reports coming out today of firefighters being attacked at certain bonfires. Um, you look at somebody's car was setting fire, was it on to rep in, in, in Newry? Uh, was it? Um, you can't defend that. And, and, and the effigies, can't defend that. The flags, can't defend that. I don't know about the boat. I, I don't really care about the boat, to be honest. I can burn as many boats as I want. Um, but it's the other stuff. So many bonefires have moved forward. So many bonefires have combined to reduce the number of bonefires. When I grew up, there was a bonefire near enough on every street. There were small affairs, but there was, there was near enough one per street. We're now down to one per area. Um, and if we can do it right, certain bonefires have and made it a community thing. And they bring the kids in and they and they marshal it in such a way that the antisocial behaviour drops. But there are other bonefires. I'm not going to use the word renegade, uh, but go a bit more off the off the cuff. And they have the effigies, and they they seem to be a bit more toxic. And they're not inviting to everybody, including people from my own community who stay yeah, away from that's, them. That's that's what I was going to ask you. Are are more and more people just choosing to stay away? Um, they're choosing where they go. I would say. I mean, they're not staying away. They're, they're going to the bonfires where they think they can take their kids along to and have a bit of a bit of fun, and it's going to be well marshaled. There's going to be no antisocial behaviour. None of the kids are going to be drunk and starting fights. It, it's they they want to celebrate 
that the 11th night, as they've always done, but they want to do it in a safer environment. So they are doing that. And there are, there are bonfires out there who are facilitating that. There are other ones that are not, and they are certainly attracting um, those elements that we, we need to marshal. I think Russell Watson of the PUP called them hotheads. He's, he's fairly right. They are. I mean, they're, they're the ones who are, um, what do you use the word trigger happy, but I'm, it's not, they're not, uh, so but they are on a hearsing. Just, just, I, I know it was, it wasn't really a serious mark, uh, remark what Pastor Ca- Patrick Castle said, but as a way, no, to, no, he meant it seriously. As a way to diffuse um, the kind of sectarian element that comes with, and we have to admit there is a sectarian, there is a very strong sectarian element in it. But a way of diffusing it would be to make some sort of national holiday, so that, uh, I mean, personally, I'd say move Paddy's Day to the twelfth. I mean, it's a better day to have Paddy's Day. We can have parades in the sunshine. We're 50-50. It might not rain and be freezing cold on Paddy's Day. But is that not the way to diffuse the sectarianism that's involved? I mean, I, I've tried to speak to Patrick. I would like to have a chat with him just to see where he's coming from. Because it's, you can read that in any way you want and take it any way you want. I'd rather get to the crux of what he actually meant, where the heart was in, in, in the message. Um, if he's truly extending an olive branch to the unionist community, let, let's talk. You know, Let's see how big the olive branch is and let's see what support there is for it. Um, diffusing the sectarianism of it, there are always going to be those who are not going to be happy with it. Um, even though the number of bonfires have been reduced and the rubbish hasn't been burned in and the tires have been removed and people have cleaned up the wreck. There's still people complaining about them. So it, you're sort of giving fuel to the to those who are spokesmen for other people who are saying that they're always going to come and ask for more and more and more. Um, what point is enough enough for them? It's... Oh, see, this is... I, I, I want to push in on this. I find this kind of... So there's, there's obviously competing narratives and Sean, I would inter- I'd love your input on this as well. So... I've heard reports. I've, 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 I've listened to other podcasts around this issue where one says, you know, one of the reasons actually some of the bonfires were, were lower this year is because some of the, the gangs that effectively, the, let's face it, let's tell the truth here, Sam. They're saying some of the gangs that would have regularly funded some of this didn't have as great a year in, in their, uh, because there's been drug seizures or they've, they've had it found, found it difficult. Now, if you were telling me that there's bonfires in certain communities that rely on money from criminality, that's a real problem. Like that that's is. That. I mean, I'll say this publicly now. If they're if they're taking money from drugs, take them off the street. Sorry, Sean. Yeah, but it, it it irritates me that there's only kind of pearl clock, not pearl clock, but there's only interest in that one, one period a year. That Absolutely. Cripples, that cripples communities. 365 days of the year and it, I can see from here the the influence here. We're getting a lot of Kenahan uh, lines brought up through Newry and there's been huge amounts of shooting and everything and uh, it's it's getting worse exponentially like I'm watching it I can see it um, and the parallels within loyalist communities are the same in fact there's cross community cooperation as we, as we have seen yeah um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was there was one story of like you know where, where the blame fell on one for one incident on a on a on a, a loyalist gang and it turned out that someone something the stuff that the Jews had been supplied by a nationalist gang you know there it was just it was just crime ink effectively yeah of the the, the recent shooting of the PSNI officer John I mean that was a cross community effort um although the ultimately the the claim has been 
not the claim, but has been claimed by the, I can't even remember which version of the IRA is claiming it now, but um, that was facilitated, shall we say, in terms of um, ammunition and everything. And uh, so if we want, like, we can't, I just don't think you can discuss the toxicity of the 12th in isolation. And mm. I don't think, because I think if you do that, you have to, you, your sum, summary be, oh, well, they're just... Uh, nakedly sectarian with no reason so if there's no reason for that there's nothing to be done to help or defuse that um, and it suits it definitely suits a lot some people to wield power via uh, easy uh, blame and easy targets and easy people like effigies of Sinn Féin Alliance you know um, SDLP um, you know uh, party candidates I don't think all were elected but if you know what I mean um, I mean why is there such anger and hate channeled towards them hate channeled towards them and in, in in always I don't know if you might be able to correct me Sam but they're always in deprived communities from what I can see um, and I think if you don't if you look at that in isolation it's a pure it's completely uh, it's you get no meaningful analysis or or in any way change it uh, if you if you don't look at that um personally i i think i'm trying and i your my initial reaction whenever the 12th the proposition to move the 12th was exactly what sam said why should we give them more of that whenever it was one of the most frightening experiences in my entire life why should that be rewarded that is exactly what like raced through my head i have to be honest and what also annoyed me so much was that there, and whenever anyone talks about a lot of the southern politicians, if they talk about building bridges within unionism, there is never any recognition of what uh, what has happened the northern nationalist experience, and and what um, has you know even if that statement had said we understand, I understand that there has been significant tensions and issues and trauma attached to the twelfth uh, incidents that happened to the twelfth for a lot of people up there. But um, I think if we extended it, made it less, you know, tried to reduce the toxicity from it, all that sort of stuff. But there was just no acknowledgement of anything that has happened to, and what happens to us every year. That was the only year that we didn't leave for the twelfth. Um, we yeah. leave every every single year. That's that's well. Uh, I, I, that, I have to say, and I suppose it is relevant that an awful lot of of nationalists get the hell out of the north around the twelve. It's very relevant. I mean, I used to go up to Clarehead as a as a young fellow, and the amount of northern nationalists that used to turn down to to Clarehead and Drogheda was phenomenal, utterly phenomenal. So when you do have an event occurring in Northern Ireland that's forcing certainly part of the community to flee their area. You really have to ask questions, Sam. Can this continue? Yeah, I mean, you know, so this is where you get to the, the water boundary. Right? Um, I, I would say that for years I, I avoided Belfast City Centre St. Patrick's Day, you know, um, and because you don't have fraud tattooed across your head, but we played football with schools. And, and people knew who you were from the schools and from the football matches. And you knew that if you bumped into those guys in the town, you, you were in for a bit of a rough ride. Um, so so there is time for this for everybody. But what Shauna is saying there is we haven't dealt with this from, from 98. We haven't dealt with the sectarianism of this from 98. We haven't looked at and the, the, the bitter pill that you're being asked to swallow in the South, I suppose, and for Northern Nationalists with the 12th, it's, it's almost reminiscent of, of the prison release as well. I mean, the, the amount of victims that had to sit and watch TV of people being released from prison after the Good Friday Agreement um, and, and feel as if 
their whole world was torn apart because the people who inflicted so much pain on their family were, were just walking out of jail. In the north, we have we have had to stomach these things so many times. It's, it's like a cycle. We always wait for the next one. We we have to swallow a lot of pride and a lot of pain to get through it. But we could deal with this a lot better. And and Sean is right. The deprived areas of Belfast and and, and around Northern Ireland are usually the most sort of active. Um, and we need to look at why that is because we leave them to rot. And the people that are left in charge, we'll say, the guys that have the money, aren't there for the the benefit of that community. They're there well, they for the most, they, 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 they mostly don't live there, son. Well, some you know do. I mean? Some do. And, and they have the big houses and the big cars um, mm. and the big TVs in the wall. I and mean, the young the young ones see that and they have nothing else going for them. And they say that there is a there is a path to making a few quid but, and but, there is a path to that comfortable life they take it. But as as, as Sean has outlined, um, they've, it's politicised when you think by the, the the posters that are burned, you know, you've mm-hmm. mentioned, you know, the parties that are are, are selected and picked on. That's that's politicization. That's you know, and it, it does. There yeah. does need to be. There does need to be um, some. I, I would agree. I would agree with you that it is politicized. But I would say that those who are doing putting the posters on there are very are not very political minded. We'll put it that way because those areas are where the, the, the turnout is the lowest for elections as well. So they, they they can burn the posters and it's because it's demons. It's not because they're thinking of a political ideology and it's not because they their candidate lost. It is because it's from the other side of the fence as they're seeing it. It's nothing to do with political like, ideology. Like, like, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, I think there's an awful, awful uh, phrase out there called flag shaggers, right? And I'm not into it at all. I think it's just insane. But no one wants to see their national flag burned. You know, and no one wants to see that. And we and we witness it every year. Sean, you wanted to come in there a moment ago. Sorry. Um, but like, what are your thoughts on 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 how Sam has, has described, you know, this situation of how, you know, and it's not what about me. He's just explaining his view on it. Yeah. And I, I do appreciate that. Um, there is a nuance in that, uh, you know, I also noticed that. If you notice the GB coverage, GB news coverage of it, and if you, um, I attended the twelfth five years ago in Belfast. Uh, I thought I'd go and see what this is about, and um, I don't know what it is about uh, me and another friend of mine that we were kind of hassled almost right away. And I was actually wearing blue trousers and a red and white t-shirt, but um, someone said. Um, M2 Catholics. I don't know if I had like probably still ashes maybe left in my head from uh, Ash Wednesday or anything, but um, it's a very, I don't know, compared to, it's very different, Sam, about the city centre of Belfast. And um, there's huge amounts of, uh, it's it's under police, I would have, I have to say, I do, and I am not a big over policing fan, but it was dangerous. And I noticed that the amount of children were there vanished almost immediately after. The parades were over because it did it does get a very uh, it does get very kind of mm, it's, it's a tense atmosphere at certain times there's the pageantry is definitely very different around Newry and South Armagh where, where I'm from um I know I, I might be from Banda country but things are a lot less uh, frictional around around this this area it's, El Paso is is the, is the correct phrase we use now <laughs> Area outstanding natural beauty is what I would call it. But uh, <laughs> uh, can can I ask a question? And probably both of you know the answer to this. When we have Paddy's Day here in Dublin, people come from all around the world 
to experience Paddy's Day. Is there a similar influx of people for the 12th? I'm going to interrupt the talent here now for a minute and tell you about our live show coming up in the Sugar Club on Thursday the 20th, which is next Thursday at half seven in the Sugar Club. Tony will put the link into this podcast for you so that you can you can click on for tickets. We're doing a live show and coming along with us are the two lads from the ditch, Roman and Owen. It's been a great year for independent media, but it's also been a difficult year for independent media. Uh, we've seen independent media hauled over the coals and the doll. We've seen privilege used to talk down independent media. And now we see this debacle in RTE. It's really hard to know who to trust. So looking forward to having this conversation on stage with the lads and really looking forward to seeing you all there, hearing what you have to say about your feelings about independent media, about traditional media, about where all this is happening. Can we really trust anybody in media, independent or not? And do we have to build up these relationships with media? Have we lost all these relationships with media? Look, so much to talk about. Get your tickets, come along, be part of the conversation. Thanks very much. People come from all around the world to experience Paddy's Day. Is there a similar influx of people for the 12th? Well, whenever I went to years ago, I was actually used to work down the gasworks, and it was still the bottom of Donegal Pass. And um, there was Spanish tourists there, and they had come from Dublin up because they had heard uh, about it and it was at about you know what you know botanics like at about half 10 someone well i don't know if you go to the city center on the 12th much but uh there's the deck chairs and the the golden oldies sitting there uh and it's uh very kind of uh gentle very genteel actually tea and flasks and all that uh you know for the parades and they were very intrigued they came up because they were intrigued i'm not sure about the numbers i know that there was a Toya and Twitter, not that I live on Twitter, but he was producing, uh, he was referencing stats. And I think there has been a bit of research commissioned about how many come in. I know there's huge, huge, uh, the ferries and, and, and flights from Scotland are, are big. Um, but in terms of tourism, no, because a lot of the city is shut down. It's not that there's not very little. Yeah, open. yeah, it's not. So, so you could go to the parade, but you're not going to go out on on uh, like I'm like as Martin said on on Paddy's Day, and uh, you'll finish the parade as early as possible so you can get down to McGowan's and get a spot at the bar. It's a different. It's a different vibe, Sam. Fair. Yeah, and I think that's been a sort of hang on from from the troubles where they shut down the city centre for the parade. And I think over the years, the Orange Order have tried to address that with whatever sort of promotion they're doing of Orange Fest and all the rest. But they're, they're trying to see it more as a touristy sort of bring them in, let people see what we're about. The, the issue that the Orange have with that is it can get a bit feisty in the, in, in the afternoon on the return parade when they've all had a few drinks. Um if you know, if they did open it up and big, people were going into bars and having to queue, and you know, it would pace things. It's like a festival atmosphere, but in like a, it's like being at a festival, if you know what I mean. But with no bars, you have to. Go can I make it? it? Can I be a real bollocks here, Sam, and say so? The suggestion came from Patrick Costello of making it a national holiday. Has the suggestion been made yet that uh, um, Catholics can join an Orange Lodge? Um, it's been discussed before, you know, it's, but it, it, 
the very ethos of the orange order has has a a decoration when you're joining um mm-hmm. it's also very religious <laughs> you know it's like it's um catholics are are nationalists are, are clambering for it. i mean we uh, it's not it's not even something that uh, i i'm just putting my free state lenses on shauna here for a moment <laughs> you know <laughs> I mean, I'm just speaking from a personal point of view, coming from a working class, very nationalist area that have have no problem really with the 12th carrying on and being celebrated. And and it's not even something you think about or get riled up about or anything like that if it doesn't intrude or adversely affect us. It's not something like I don't dread it coming around or anything any year, but there did used to be a lot of, especially around that 1990s, uh, I don't know if it was because there was a move about the peace talks uh, moving forward and, and there, it was causing underlying tension. I do think that it is a pressure point where um, things within unionism and loyalism uh, kind of erupt through it, and it didn't needn't even be what the, uh, the it need, it's an expression of kind of tension. A lot of it, I think, personally, sometimes I think, I mean, the equities have surely increased. Sam, is that not correct? Do you know? Uh, I actually think the effigies have, have reduced, uh, but when they are right, they're 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 prolific on the one bonefire. So it used to be maybe more bonefires had the effigies, but maybe only one or two. Now it seems to be one or two bonefires do it, but they do it on a grand scale. Yeah, uh, ten years as opposed to over the twenty five years you've been alive. But you know what I mean. I'm I'm kind of just talking about, uh, you know, I don't know if post. Brexit protocol. Uh, I don't know if that has kind of. Um, I, I think it's just this flavour this this time round they use to whip up tension. There's always something that they're willing to to bring in and stoke up certain tensions in certain areas. Do you, um, do, do you think the absence of a working Stormont is is a big part of this problem in that airing grievances is now done on a bonfire? No, I think if Stormont was up and done, there'd still be effigies in certain bonfires. Um, and I think because we are so used to Stormout not being up and running, it, nobody bats an eyelid anymore. And that's that's sad that, that, and that's scary that we, we don't have a functioning government and nobody actually cares because the country's just trundling on there. It is, it is the missing piece, isn't it, though? I mean, uh, we can discuss this on a podcast. Uh, we can discuss it on uh, Ireland's national TV station. We can discuss it anywhere. But where it's not discussed is in the government of Northern Ireland. And I don't think it'd be discussed maturely there either. Well, I, I wouldn't expect mature, but just discussion of some level. I think, we, I don't know, Sam, I think we have to start somewhere. And I think the only th- problem is we don't ask very much of our politicians here at all. We don't ask anything of them in terms of how can you make my life and lived experience here better? We focus on numbers and uh notches on on uh, a side of a two-sided scale and that's what I mean the council elections there was nothing but in victory and victory and victory and I mean I victory to achieve what I mean victory what I can't we can't get a budget we can't we're suffering huge cuts everywhere I mean like they're taking books out of child, primary babies hands uh, I mean, one in ten children in Northern Ireland do ha- have no books in their house. That's atrocious. Like that is absolutely appalling. In Newry, there's if you, <laughs> I mean, there's two two factories in Newry. There's a, and a crap road out of it. That's it. 
and there's been and the, the motorway has been, it was extended slightly but it's just and it's not that much better in Derry where they're crying out for a university I mean I could go on and on and on and on but I mean I do think until we develop this place and stop this we're not even stagnant we're backsliding mm-hmm. um many areas that I can't see improvement and I think that Stormont up and running might be a bit a bit better um I do think that Robin Swan was a good minister of health for example um, I don't agree with that. I would be uh, um, an abortion rights activist, so he wasn't great in that at all, but he was very good in, in other aspects. And I think we have a tendency just to view each people through the lens of what we're interested in. But if I look at the big picture, he was good. I do think we, um, if Storm was up, it would help a bit. But again, everyone knuckles into their own side at this time of year uh, and it consolidates their vote. Um and I, I get angry at the population, to be honest, because we ask so little of them. Yeah. I, I, can I ask both of you to look at the reaction then to Patrick Costello's suggestion from the Dublin media, the Dublin, the through the lens of, you know, what what it says? Because I and again, I'm going to posit something and you probably and I, I'll include this in the question, but it's quite an interesting um, take I, I, that I that someone had said to me earlier that, you know, um, the the recently America obviously had their July the 4th Independence Day, but there's several states that don't celebrate Independence Day because they talk about Discovery Day and Takeover Day now because they know they're aware of the actual implications, what that meant for indigenous people. Uh, but they still maintain it as a public holiday. They just simply don't do it as uh, through the lens of um, colonialism, shall we say. Uh, so so two things, I suppose, uh, and you shouldn't ask two part questions, but here I go again. The Dublin the Dublin media and the, and the lens on that, and then the idea that that it's okay for a, a day, a day's holiday to mean different things to different people. Whoever wants to go first. I spoke with most recently. <laughs> um, the, the Dublin media. When you, when you sent me through the um, the WhatsApp message of of Patrick's sort of gist of what he was trying to do, I did say watch the dumpster fire that would come behind it. And it is, you know, it's the. And again, I, I think Shauna McMeal agreeing this. The Southern nationalists will see this entirely different than Northern nationalists, and it's because they have a lot more stake in this fight as such um and they have a lot more lived experience of what the 12th means to them i mean i i am i'm aware that it's 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 a day out for me but i almost so aware that for other people it's a day of exclusion um and i and i'm aware of that but it's how it's going to be portrayed across the board because to be honest patrick has done something he's let a touch paper but it's fizzled out because the rte has thing has taken over and there's a few other things that are going to come up it needs to be discussed more. Uh, and to be honest, it's probably one of only 100 bricks that they need to put in place to build a house if they want everybody to come into it. There's a whole lot more to be discussed. Um, and that was just one. And the reaction of some people was quite um, toxic. Um, second part, yeah, if you want to make it a national holiday of the 12th, but you don't want to celebrate um, King Billy or any lodges or a band, knock yourself out, go to the beach, have an ice cream, whatever you want to do. Because, uh, because to be honest, there's a lot of people that I know as well. It's the 12th of July, but they don't go anywhere near bands. They'll use it for a day trip with the kids. They'll use it for other things. Some people just lie in bed because it's the day off work. So nobody should be forced to celebrate it, um, but call it whatever you want. Because um, it, it'll always be the 12th of July to us. It'll always be for what it is to us. Um, and you you can name it whatever you want. Again, we're down to names and titles again. Um, and that that's usually the divisive bit. 
I think it's it named well enough that it's the 12th of July and that's that's fine. And that's what anybody calls it here. It's just the 12th. Like, um, I just, it irritates me that as, as a mild descriptor of what the my reaction to the Dublin media is about how when they talk about making overtures to unionism, they make no acknowledgement of who will be actually doing who will be dealing with the overtures the impact would be the people around them as well and that would be nationalists then there's no consideration of what our experience has been and will be about certain uh, things and it it's it i mean it, it really it would be something that would almost impact my vote about my why would i be joining somewhere that actually gives zero credence to my grown my, but what has happened my family my people my lived experience yeah it, it why would i go to somewhere where not only that is not it's it's actually spoken down upon i said i tweeted recently about Dublin media coverage and I had an Irish Times correspondent say to me and um, we lived through the troubles just yeah, as- yeah, yeah 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 that made me laugh. And I, it did. you have no like you don't even know what you don't know which is very important to know like I have no lived experience of being a constituent of the Healy Rays and I would never ever say I do and that is a small small microcosm like you grow up here and sound agree with me there's a massive ton of mental baggage that you grow even without any lived experience i mean i come from two very one very neutral and one very kind of passive part like i didn't get i wasn't burdened with an awful lot but i I saw my first bomb whenever i was about six and have about five since then under my belt you know one that was only a few hundred yards behind me as as we have gone by the cops and i remember a guy was running running out for a jog at that time right, with a pair of throne shorts and that's the only reason I, the only thing I remember from that bomb was that there was a guy there I mean they like definitely lived through that time period lived through effects of the troubles being you know going on on the island but the hubris of saying that you lived through the troubles too to somebody who grew up in them it's just mind-blowing to me I, you kind of need a little you know especially us down in the south oh unbelievable we, we not, they kind of need a little bit of humility about this oh, i mean can, can, we can, were we were you tony and i were were dublin guys it was a different country can i can i can i say one thing that, about this which was really funny from the one time i had like whatever it was 45 seconds of fame on the claire Byrne show the one part that didn't get done in the clip was when they because they were criticizing Sinn fein if you remember that night and one of the ar- arguments they put towards Sinn fein was that they weren't that they had ne- that they hadn't advanced the good friday agreement at all and this was put to them by claire Byrne and i think it was alison o'connor on the panel and i i said yeah but the irish government are co-guarantors of it what have they done Everybody went quiet in the room. They were like, that's not the point. Sinn Féin's responsible. And you go, but hang on, let's look at ourselves for a minute here and, and see. And it's very much shot at the case, isn't it? Yeah. I also don't understand why you would want to think, you, like, why you'd be almost jealous of our lived experience. It's awful. It's, if I had the choice to be from anywhere else, I would choose it. I I, I think here is beautiful and it's lovely and uh you know i moved back here i emigrated away and came back but it's a ter- it is a terrible dichotomy to be living in your own head all the time i've disappointed myself for reaction to the, the extent of my my reaction but i also know that i couldn't help it and that's someone who grew up in the end of the troubles so i mean uh yeah <laughs> the if there would be some sort of acknowledgement or countenance that yeah. people 
um, you know, that there are there are two communities here and making uh, overtures to one should acknowledge, you could just about acknowledge the other one while doing it. It's and fine. You Sam, do you think that's fair? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think what you want to talk about as well is you can't explain the atmosphere of this place sometimes. I mean, things are really going sideways and, and the tit-for-tats were on and, and the bombings were taking place. You cannot explain how how pressurised this place was, how, what it was like driving down a street you didn't belong in, what it was like passing a patrol, what it was like starting your car for some people. You know, these things these things leave baggage. I mean, I, I, I was cycling today, as you know, and I came up through D Street and I turned, and there was a car that came behind me very slowly and slowed down as I turned off. I'm still looking over my shoulder. I mean, if we're 25 years past the Good Friday Agreement, I wanted to know why that car was slowing down behind me. And they were probably just checking their phone. But that's still that's still in us. You I mean that is still there for people my age? We live through something that you cannot be jealous of because you do not understand what it was. The pressure, the fear, the vigilance, and the, the hyper vigilance. Sometimes it, it, it's it's something that I'm glad that other people haven't had the experience. But unless you have, don't tell us how to feel about things. Okay. Like I, Australia, we had uh, Sam. You'll understand this, this reference. We had a grey Vauxhall Astra metallic grey saloon right and that's an unmarked cop car in the RUC days like that's right but we used to drive to matches and we would have been called uh, all the na- all the naughty names under the sun right but then you know you blend and have the crack but see when we used to pull in in that car you could spot the northerner because it would all be like well, I think there's a visceral reaction to that grey opal, opal box all Astra saloon, that metallic. That was that. It was actually that metallic, uh, dark grey, and that's that was only ever uh, an RUC car. I mean, that is such a micro reference. That well, Sam, we, we kind of had right? the same about the Sierra. But can I ask? Can I ask? Ten years from now, what's the twelfth going to look like? Um, I would hope that it would be a more welcome and less tense affair, less abrasive. Um, I don't think it's it's going to be ever fully inclusive of everybody. Um, I, I, it's just not going to happen. But I, I I want it to be that we get to this time of year, we get to what they call the marching season, and everybody's back doesn't go up. We are able to relax slightly and drop the shoulders and sort of get through our day-to-day business without having to worry about what's around the corner. I think if we can get to that, I'll be happy with that. Yeah. I noticed the reference, you know, and the, the pushback to that suggestion of the 12th. There was an awful lot more, and I know it was from a Southern TD, but there was an awful lot more pushback from fellow people, not non, there was a lot of a few Northerners that, you know, Northern Nationalists, Republicans that were pushing back on it, but the, the bulk of it was from fellow Southerners, you know, it wasn't uh, there's there's <clears throat> free, free staters go go for it <laughs> there's not it's hard to describe there's not uh like you don't the 12th of july is not say 10 years from now if they see if the effigies were gone and the flags were gone i really really don't think that there would be that there would be much countenance or opposition to it from nationalist catholic Republicans, whatever, because it doesn't really impact. It's very confined to areas, first of all. There's only one, like Kilkeel is is the closest to me, which is predominantly unionist area. But it's um mixed areas, very little happens in, and there would be community. I mean, there's there is huge amounts of work that has been done. There used to be arches everywhere, they're a lot, they're a lot less now. But you know, there's 
there is, I can say, there's a lot less, there's more consideration of mixed areas, there's more consideration of kind of not uh, kind of provocation in loads of areas. And then it seems to have ramped up more in, in a few areas, if you know what I mean. Um, so I do think if there was more work done, more positive but again, I don't say. I think it's it's very solvable from my from my point of view, um, because I know it needs to be done in my own community to dissipate Sora and to dissipate the claws that I have seen them open. And I know what they've done is distribute eke their ways into community centres, eke their way into uh, things about that after school childcare, road safety, all those things, and they've made them their own, and they've made people turn against their own community activists that have done things for decades here. I mean, if we if we funded those people to to and um, to walk that back, I do think that there's better. There is definitely hope here, and I think it's very. It's not even going to be. It wouldn't even be hugely expensive. I just want to make one point on that though, because it's the same playbook all over the world. We see it where someone stands with someone on a cause, and then they say, "And oh, by the way, join me at my anti-migrant march, please." Yeah. You know, yeah. and and this is what we this is what we see. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I don't think there is an immediate solution. I, I don't think there is anything that we could call a solution that's going to make everybody happy about the 12th. I don't think it exists. Um, I think it's always going to be a point of contention. And I think that's more the history of it rather than the the, the prospect of what the future of it is. Um, I think in a united Ireland, there has to be space for... Definitely. There has to be space for this. There has to be. And we we have to find a space for it. Whatever way we do it, we have to find a space. Sam, I know that's that's kind of red rag to a bull. But, you know, in the long term, and we're looking at the long term, there has to be a way to fit it in. Just to have, rewind slightly and give you a highlight. I, mean, I remember sitting a couple of years back um, in Scotland watching my Twitter timeline, and it was all Ardoyne and the rats that were going on there. This year wasn't that. So as as much as we have this year effigies and flags being burned, it's still some contentious issues. They're nowhere near what they were like 10 years no. ago. So we, we have moved slight we have moved. We're going very slowly, but we have moved. And there was definite there was huge attempts by some agitators to get people annoyed about Trump. It was I mean, consistent coverage of it. And it just goes to show that there was nothing uh, other than wanting to cause trouble at the heart of that. There wasn't even uh, it's not like it was a, a community raising those concerns, like that that area raising the concerns. So, and the debate wasn't taken, if you know what I mean. It, um, it, 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 it's, isn't that encouraging? And uh, but it's also yeah. it's also discouraging in a way because the reality is most people. Uh, are actually too concerned about how they're going to pay their electricity or gas bills and keep food on the table, uh, how they're going to, you know, can, is there, what's the story with the school in September? How are we going to pay for the back to school stuff? Where's the money? Because, the because you know, uh, we're not getting this money now from Westminster because these fuckers still aren't even uh, getting an assembly up and running. You know, all of those are real problems. It's It's like when you go into, like we all care deeply about climate action. We say we do, but then when we vote, it comes down the priority list, you know, somewhere around eighth or ninth rather than where we're, where we've maybe spent. I might have done a podcast yesterday about it, this thing and saying we need to do something now. But then, you know, it doesn't it doesn't rest. Yeah. Have it on our manifestos here, really, unless the Green Party. I mean, they were decimated in the last elections. Yeah. I mean, ask so little, Tony, of, of, of our politicians. I mean, I'd be hard pushed to tell you 
what the two big parties, Sinn Féin and SDLP, are the big parties in Uri, what their healthcare policy is, because they say one thing and they do another, say, oh, we will we'll implement changes, and then they protest against certain change in localised areas because we don't expect our politicians to have bravery or to meet us or to be asked to answer any difficult questions. Well, um, it's the same. I, I can honestly say it's the exact same downside. Well, it's the exact do you know, same. Do you know what word that resonates with me, Martin? Bravery. A little right. bit yeah, of bravery. There's a huge level. Well, there's a deficit look, I, in it. I'm going to wrap up, but I'm going to say I, I, I'm coming away from this podcast a little bit more hopeful than I thought I would be. Um, I'm coming away saying, okay, so it's moving, but it's moving really slowly. Maybe we can increase the pace of that. Maybe we can get to somewhere where it works for everybody, or at least there's an element of tolerance for everybody. Uh, at least if we could get to that point. So thanks very much, Sam. Thanks very much, Diana. It's I, I know the 12th was lost this year in the whole RT debacle. Usually we'd have a lot more conversation about it, but, you know, we're burning our own bonfires. Sorry well, about this. Ne- um, ne- but, next year, they'll t- to get attention, Sam is, is rounded up a load of Renault cars and putting them on the top of a bonfire. Oh, yeah, right. No, I think we could have bonfires down here and we'll have the board of RT chase all around it, you know. But uh, thanks very much, guys, for coming on. Thanks very much for having the conversation. It is always important to remember that Northern Ireland is a huge issue. And as I say, it might be down the agenda a lot in the South, but it, it should really be right at the top of that agenda. I, I will add, add and I, I just I hope everybody will agree that the, the greatest thing that the 12th has given us is Big Dirty Fries, London Derry, London Derry, London Derry. That's the greatest thing we've ever heard. Like, let's tell the truth. You know, it, it was Twitter's peak and only we didn't know how bad Twitter was going to get in the last number of years. Thank you very much, Elon Musk, for destroying the entire yeah. the entire ecosystem. Um, our, our next pod is with. Sock Dems leader Holly Cairns. So that should be should be a good chat. Unless we do a Sunday show, Martin, we might actually do a Sunday oh, we show. We might have to, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. Yeah, we'll see where we go from there. Thanks for listening, folks. Thanks to Shauna. Thanks to Sam. Uh, and we will be back in your feed soon. We, uh, see, for God's sake, you know, don't mind about the tolerance thing. Just be nice to one another. Will you just be nice? Be good. Bye bye. Tony and Martin, Martin and Tony, speaking to interesting people only. It's the Echo Chamber Podcast. Subscribe now on Patreon.